Hi, I'm Sam Germano, and welcome to the Uprooted Podcast, where we'll be uncovering the underlying meaning of health and what it means to us today. Let's sit down with the experts and trailblazers to understand the why and how, break down barriers, and blend our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Grab your headphones, turn the volume up, and let's uproot. Energetic interior designer and crystal healer, Grishia Bell is the co-founder of The Crystalline, a multifaceted lifestyle company that works to help you create balance within all areas of your life. After more than 10 years working on the business side of fashion, beauty, jewelry, and luxury industries, Rashia found her creative outlet and expressive voice through interior design. A graduate of both the Fashion Institute of Technology and the New York School of Interior Design, she has also completed two crystal healing certifications by the Crystal Academy of Advanced Healing Arts, is a level two Reiki healer, Akashic reader, and has completed yoga certifications in English and Spanish. Rashia has taken a uniquely holistic approach to the spaces she transforms for the crystalline by incorporating the energetic and healing powers of crystals and stones into her interiors. The foundation for this design process is specializing in personal healing work, where Rashia has led workshops for all ages, private events, and retreats around the world. Her work is to show her clients how to find balance within themselves and greater encompassing the spaces they inhabit. Rashia is currently a resident healer at the Four Seasons Hotel New York Downtown and Four Seasons Philadelphia. In May 2020, she launched Revital, a natural sleep well-being company with products infused with the energy of crystals. This is a topic I've been so interested in, and I'm so happy I got to sit down with Rashia to get a good understanding of how crystals play a role in connecting to ourselves and our energy. I've always found it so fascinating when we meet someone or walk into a room and can immediately feel the energy of that person or that room. Energy is something that we all possess and is around us at all times, and I wanted to get to the root of how we can harness high vibrational energy to attract positive things in our life. When we better understand energy and the profound effects it can have, things like manifestation or having a stronger intuition start to shift tremendously. Rashia really dives deep into how crystals can have such a powerful impact on us and the energy around us, and then how that energy can impact our lives and well-being. Whether you're new to this conversation or have a crystal collection of your own, I can promise you there's something in it for you. I hope you enjoy. Rashia, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited. I'm excited too. Let's talk crystal and energy healing. I'm very new to this conversation. I think I bought my first set of crystals maybe two months ago. So I'm looking forward to learning a lot from you. And I, I felt it was only appropriate to have the crystals that I bought in front of me today for our, our session. Targeting some podcast energy there. Yes, <laughs> only good podcast energy. I actually uh, have some selenite here also. Nice. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're both armed. We are both armed and ready to go. But energy healing mm-hmm. has been something that is so fascinating to me. I do believe that everything has energy and we can pick up on or feel people's energy. You know, when you meet someone and you walk away feeling really good about them, people will often say, oh, like, I love that person's energy. Or when we walk into a space and say that we love the energy in the room, you know, those are comments I've always been curious to know more about. And I'm excited to understand how crystals can influence our energy and vice versa. So let's jump right into it. Why don't we start off with you? 
share a little bit about your you, your background, what you do, and how you got into the work you do today. So I call myself an energetic interior designer and a crystal healer. And I feel like most people are probably like, what is that? Uh, so I feel like that's like a good kind of opening line to <laughs> intrigue people. But I would say the thing that really stems through all of the work that we do at the Crystalline, whether it is exploring the facets of energy and how they affect spaces to getting to work one-on-one -on -one with individual clients on sort of personal healing and well-being practices to sort of group events and retreats and, and the whole nine is really about helping people connect to their intuition. And I think crystals can really be a useful tool for that. And, you know, someone may say like, why do I need to connect to my intuition when I'm thinking about my space? And I think it goes back to exactly what you said in the beginning about how you can walk into a room and really feel the energy when it feels really good. And, and we oftentimes know very, very clearly when it doesn't. So I think, you know, that really lends itself to really being able to dive a little bit deeper into how we actually connect to the spaces that we experience and inhabit and all of the above. So it's really fun to sort of be able to bring both of those things together, both sort of healing and design. Um, I'm also a resident healer at the Four Seasons um, New York downtown and also in Philadelphia. So that is where people can come to me for one-on-one -on -one crystal healing sessions, of course, along with the virtual world of things that we're doing these days. Yeah. And you're involved in the design process for the hotels, right? So with the particular property that they opened in Philadelphia, which was a new project that just opened last year, they had a really unique sort of idea in wanting to really center the theme of their spa around crystals. Mm -hmm. And so we were really lucky. They, they heard about our work and the work that I had been doing in New York. And it was very much still in the construction phase. And, and so it was really lovely to be able to go there and actually to energetically be able to put crystals into the structure of the spa, into the walls, et cetera, and sort of create an experience there that is all about the sort of treatment rooms being the container for this energy. And so each room is infused with uh, a crystal for each chakra of the body or each energy system that exists within the body when we're looking at uh, the sort of major seven that we sort of identify in yoga and, and in wellness practices and things like that. So yeah, we sort of, you know, there's this sort of hidden energetic experience that people are able to get when they're there, when they're in their session. There are also um, crystal singing bowls in the treatment rooms. And so whether you're having a session there with me, um, which, you know, is a crystal healing session, or you could be having a facial, um, you're, you're getting to benefit from the energy there. That is so cool. Yeah, it's fun. I think it's unexpected. I, you know, while we do work with residences, you know, we had designed a fitness studio and, you know, there are crystals under the floors there. And so I think there's so many unique ways. And I love when we're able to be able to share them in, you know, sort of commercial spaces and things that uh, a lot of people can get to experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really fun to hear sort of the feedback. And especially when they find out about it, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, like I felt this difference and I couldn't get my finger on what it was. 
So I think that's a fun way for people to be able to experience crystals in sort of a subtle way that they wouldn't expect. And then they go to their nearest crystal store and they buy. <laughs> and then you open up the can of worms and, you know, from there, you know, it's, it's just full speed ahead. Yeah. <laughs> as I'm sure you'll find quickly <laughs> Yes. as your collection starts to grow. Definitely. Well, let's talk about the origin of crystals because I think it's so interesting. Like, I want to know more about where they came from, how long we've been using them, what have they been known to help with, you know, throughout centuries and decades of using them. Tell us a little bit about that. Totally. So I think, you know, to your question, it answers first and foremost that these aren't just something new. This isn't just some sort of woo-woo trendy thing that is out there. I mean, obviously more recently we've you know, are sort of looking to these tools to kind of help balance, you know, our otherwise hectic life. But what are they? They're of nature, right? And so they are millions of years old um, and how the earth managed to form so many different types of stones that are the same as the ones that you find in your jewelry. They're just a much vast wider range than what we tend to think of in, you know, fine jewelry as precious stones or semi-precious stones. And so each region of the world has different stones that are sort of just native to that topography and that land. And so you can find crystals in the U.S., you can find them all over the world. Obviously, they're different stone deposits in different places. And so a stone like quartz is something that is very sort of abundant and plentiful and can be found in a lot of places in the world. And then, you know, you may have something like a stone called Moldavite, which is the result of a meteor crashing into the earth. And like that one can only be found in like Siberia and Russia because that's the only place where that happens. So their roots of crystals, you know, really dates back to all ancient civilizations. I know, especially when people sort of think of Chinese culture and jade, and that being a stone that was definitely always been sort of revered and still is to this day as a stone that's for luck, and it's about abundance and growth. And, um, you know, so it's worn in jewelry and used in talismans and things like that. And so, you know, pre-civilization times of what we know, they were very much used in that way. They were used as talismans. They were used in worship practices. They were used in armor that people would go into the battle. You know, the ancient Egyptians had certain stones that they used for protection when they were at war. And, you know, even they were used as makeup. So, you know, mm-hmm. even then people found sort of, and I should mention to that point, it is still used in makeup. There are synthetics and eyeshadow that make them sort of reflective, but mica is a stone that is incorporated still into a lot of eyeshadow products. And that's where you get the shine. So Are you Um, saying my highlighter has crystals in it? It quite possibly (laughs) could, yeah. (laughs) You'll have to check that out and see. But yeah, so to that point, you know, even aesthetically being used in that way, people sort of have found so many different purposes for how to use them. And I think now we're really seeing this sort of return to A, things that are natural, number one, especially obviously worrying about climate change and things like that. Definitely. You know, I will mention these are obviously a natural resource, so they aren't infinite. And so, you know, one thing at the Crystalline we do is really make sure we know the people that we're purchasing from, you know, that they have mindful mining practices, that there's no child labor, that, you know, the stones are natural, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing you would do if you're going to purchase a diamond. 
Um, and so really sort of holding those same standards, but I think, you know, we're finding new ways that we are incorporating them into our life, whether it's via meditation or in my instance, when you just might find me, you know, sticking them under the floors in your home. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that they've been around for millions of years. So millions of years ago, were they used for meditation, manifestation, I mean, that's really hard to say. They were definitely used in rituals. Okay. So, you know, I would say most likely, yes, in some capacity or in, you know, some spiritual capacity. I think they definitely saw there were spiritual benefits of the stones, or I don't think they would have chosen to and incorporate them in certain ways, such as, you know, for protection, if you didn't believe in its power. So, you know, I think, you know, it's a little bit of like the changing of the times and like what's relevant and, you know, but I think it really all ultimately really stems from the same roots of like the reasons, you know, why people were drawn to them in the first place. Definitely. I want to talk about the science of crystals because I think people often have a hard time believing that a rock can have so much power over the energy in our space or over us as humans. So yeah, can you explain, you know, the science of crystals and how like their chemical makeup or their chemical compounds can channel different types of energy? Yeah, totally. I think first and foremost, like you mentioned with the, the sort of chemical makeup, if you're looking at stones or, you're, you know, you're looking at any sort of natural object, there is this composition. And when we're talking about crystals or gemstones, and for me, I use those words interchangeably. I think they're one and the same. What are they made of? They're made up of water. They're made up of molecules. They're made up of atoms. You know, they, one stone may be the result of ice caps melting. Another, the result of a volcano, if we're talking about obsidian. And so we think about science, first and foremost, what scientific events sort of had to happen to sort of unearth these or even create the formation of some of these stones, it then allows you to then go a little bit deeper and actually look at what properties in particular they may have. And so, for example, the quartz family, which is probably the largest family of stones and, you know, your clear quartz, your rose quartz, your amethyst is in there, your citrine, those all have a similar composition or a similar sort of genetic makeup, if you want to say. And so that's how you can sort of start to differentiate the purposes of the stones and how you could particularly use them and how they ultimately can be used to resonate with your own energy. And so certain stones have been tested because of the composition that it has and some of the principles and, you know, going back to your science class, when you were learning about positive ions and negative ions and you know, certain stones have those certain charges and are drawn to the opposite charge. So when you're talking about something, you know, that Nikola's Tesla, for example, was really the first person to sort of look at or sort of dive a little bit deeper into like piezoelectricity um, and sort of the attraction of those positive and negative ions, that's something that can actually be shown or represented within certain stones, such as black tourmaline, for example. So that stone has the ability to draw or attract its sort of opposite energetic and scientific composition. And so, you know, that just shows a little bit how technical you can sort of get down to seeing what a stone's makeup is and and how it can possibly be used. And so that's why certain stones like that, for example, are used to protect against 
electromagnetic frequencies from devices because they have the ability to actually absorb and attract that opposite charge. So by no means am I a scientist, <laughs> but if you look at Pierre and Marie Curie and, and her brother, you know, they were testing different stones for their charges, for their electricity. So it, it is in our history books also, at least, or our science books, I should say. One question I have. So, you know, you mentioned the Quartz family. Could you give us like a general understanding of the different types of families and specifically what their properties are? <laughs> yeah, so there, I mean, that is really the only one that's sort of named. Okay. Um, I guess you could say because though, I mean, yeah, I would say because that's sort of the largest one because it probably encompasses what consists of the largest amount of stone deposits in the world that we tend to find. Okay. So that's sort of why that has that parent name. When you start to go to other stones and, and where their names come from and things like that, it could be like down to the person that discovered it or something yeah. like that. But, you know, those sort of definitely share a similar DNA. But I think if you're talking about sort of use of stones, that's sort of where energetically, I think we can put them into sort of different families. And, and that sort of also aligns with their energy when we think about the chakras. So stones that are grounding stones, stones that are going to make our energy feel more stable, you know, that would sort of be one category. I place stones that are clearing, you know, stones that are going to be more harmonizing, offer more balance, you know, as another family. And then sort of in between, you can sort of have your stones that are more about love and compassion and things like that stones that are for energizing so i think i find that i sort of i guess group more family based on use right than that they necessarily have to have the same composition to sort of fit um that got it i'm curious to get your take on this there was one time i was in a crystal shop and i was mm -hmm. just browsing and I remember the store associate came over to me and she said, you'll know you've found the right crystal for you when you can feel a vibration when you touch it. Does that happen? It? <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't feel it, but maybe I, <laughs> this was like a couple of years ago. Yeah. We're necessarily fully, yeah. In the mindset of being, uh, she's hundred percent right. I, you know, mm -hmm. the vibration and the, what that looks like and, or the strength of that really is unique for each individual and what's going on. What she was really trying to intonate is that you sort of trusting your intuition as to what stone you were being drawn to. And focusing on that instead of just what it said on the card. Yeah. You know, so holding something necessarily for a few seconds, you may not, you know, have sort of felt this like earth shattering vibration that maybe you were expecting. But very much when you're touching different stones, immediately you're noticing different temperature differences when you hold them. That also has to do with their composition. When you do sort of experience vibrations and maybe that takes a little bit longer, maybe that is more using them in a part of your meditation practice, it can feel like a stone is jumping out of your hand. It can get really warm. You can feel sort of tingling going up your arm. So, or a sense of coldness, or you feel like, you know, that stone is in your hand, but you're actually feeling it in a part of your body. So all of that sort of ties to the resonance. And I think oftentimes when people are shopping, they're just so focused on like, I need a husband. I, I need the stone for this, right? Uh, or I need a new job. Like, let's bring in the money. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's great to sort of have 
you know, your mindset on that. But I always say like, oftentimes there are other things that we need to focus on or do to make room for those things to come into our life. So you may find that there are crystals that you totally wouldn't even think of if you were just looking at what it said the meaning was because you're just so focused on like, I'm on this like end game situation. And so that's why it, it's really important to sort of, you know, sort of play and, and have that trial and error. And even if it's, you know, a big dish of stones, holding multiple ones within that dish to see like, why am I feeling drawn to this one? Maybe you like it because of its size. Maybe that has nothing to do with it. Right. And you just feel really drawn to the shape or the texture, et cetera. So essentially, you know, she was wanting you to use your senses and your tactile senses in particular as as a means for your sort of crystal decision making. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that was a few years ago when it wasn't really. We were yeah. expecting like a lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah, I was like. I <laughs> something to like jump out of your hand. <laughs> yeah, I was touching all of them. I was like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> But that's so interesting. I'm curious to know more about how energy and crystals work together. And you scratched the surface a little bit of it before, but how do crystals cause or influence changes or shifts in our energy and then ultimately in our in our lives? You know, how do sure. how do the two work together? Yeah, so it's about resonance and the composition of our body internally is not that different than what we discussed about a stone, right? We are made up of water and oxygen and molecules and cells and all these different things. So already there's sort of a commonality, right? And so essentially, I think people can sort of most understand it as like, how do you feel when you're in New York City? And how do you feel when you're in the mountains? Right? Totally different. Like, because of that environment and you probably don't feel like you're moving at warp speed when you're in the mountains right and that's not because you're making sort of a conscious decision to like oh I'm gonna stop running around it's just that there's like this natural sort of internal sort of shift that happens as as you're acclimating to that environment and so I think it's very similar in that when we are resonating or connecting to any element of nature, it has the ability to affect how we feel. And in particular, how we feel inside, which, you know, ties into our energy and our emotions and all of the things that come with that. And so that sort of outward expression is then how it can affect all aspects of our life. But Crystal healing in general is about using stones and holding them or placing them on the body, touching them, having them in your space or in your periphery to create that resonance, to create that connection. And so when we start to do that, we start to understand where there are imbalances within our energy, where there are imbalances within our body. You know, am I holding my breath all the time? Am I, oh, wait a minute, actually, like, I'm someone that has a hard time speaking up, right? So what are those things that I'm constantly not projecting or putting out into the world, well, where does that live? It lives in our body, right? And so energy can very much get stuck if we're not moving it or say I had an injury and I hurt my knee and that meant my other leg had to compensate for it, right? That's naturally going to affect how the energy is moving throughout my body. And even though that may have happened years ago, 
there might be residual effects of that that still exist. And so oftentimes that can sort of be a starting point in understanding energy for why we have certain physical ailments, why we feel sick, why our emotions are feeling a certain way. And so that's why I say that crystals are sort of a tool in that intuitive connection so that you can start to understand, I think also very much so that you can learn a way in how you can listen to your body. Definitely. How does it work with chakras? So the chakras are energy systems. We have hundreds of them sort of running through our body the same way we have all these other systems running through our body. And just like if you're talking about a pipe, it can get blocked, right? So our energy can get blocked. And we just touched on some of those reasons sort of why or how that can happen. And so there are seven main chakras from the top of the head sort of extending through the soles of the feet that we largely think of as you know at least within the western world if you go a little back more into the roots of chakras it's a much more vast sort of intricate network but we sort of focus on these main seven in in how they affect our body and it's the crown chakra the top of the head third eye point between the eyebrows which is where we're connecting in our meditation to our you know inner thoughts our throat chakra our heart chakra the solar plexus, which is sort of around the belly button, which is our gut instinct, right? I call that sort of the other mind because we know when that feels a certain way. Yeah. Um, and talk about energy, right? We, we know that we can feel it. We, you know, we can't necessarily explain it. And then the sacral area, which is at the lower tailbone, and then the root chakra, which is the lowest point of the pelvis, all the way down the legs. So when we look at crystals, each crystal obviously has a different color. And so we use that sort of chakra chart that you may have seen in your yoga class or when learning <laughs> about meditation that is color coded to help identify where within the body a stone may resonate. And the color of the stone is one indication in how it can do that. That's sort of like your first clue. And then within that, as you sort of dive into specific stones and their properties and things like that, then you can sort of refine a little bit more um, deeper as to a specific aspect of heart energy that maybe we're trying to access. Maybe I'm trying to hear my inner child, heal my inner child. So I you know, would want to use a stone like rhodochrosite. But if I'm wanting to have more compassion for myself, I may want rose quartz. And both of those are heart chakra stones. They're just targeting something different. So there are stones that have more than one chakra that they align with. Quartz, for example, is one of them. It is a great sort of neutral. If you were only going to have one stone, that would be the stone to have because it can actually align with any chakra point. Um, so you can use that to affect um, any aspect of energy in your body and quartz, clear quartz in particular is very harmonizing and balancing. So if you're thinking about trying to keep that homeostasis, that's obviously a, a stone that you can benefit from. So yeah, that's just a little bit about how they sort of connect and how you can start to identify where and what energy you may want to be focusing on. Absolutely. That's so interesting. How can we understand our energy better and tap into it to be able to have good energy? You know, it's been said that high vibrations allow us to operate better and manifest in a way that we never have been able to before. And I want to understand how we can cultivate, you know, with crystals and with our energy, a high vibration. Yeah, I think it first and foremost is about listening. 
you know, in the same way that we think about what is your body telling you when you eat a certain food, right? Like if every time, you know, I eat this thing, I get bloated, like my body's probably trying to tell me that that's not agreeing with me so much. And then maybe that I want to think about that, right? So I think we sort of very clearly understand it in that context. And I think it's 100% transferable to any aspect of of thinking about energy and, and wanting to sort of hone in on, on feeling a sort of sense of alignment and understanding around it is, are you listening to your body? And from a place that isn't judgmental, from a place that isn't about trying to rationalize things, you know, and I, and I use sort of the solar plexus and the gut instinct to, to prove that because we know when we feel that, we've all had that feeling, right? And when we're like, I just have a hunch, I just have a hunch, I don't know why, but I just, I, this is the way to go. And we don't second guess it, we, you know, or maybe some of us do, right? So exploring why is it that I'm not listening to that? And so I think, you know, first and foremost in listening, you allow yourself to be open. And so you ultimately allow yourself to receive. And so that is what is creating the space for you to explore how you can sort of amplify your energy and it's funny that you ask that because we're launching a course that starts in March called Illuminate Mm -hmm. and it's really about helping people beyond just understanding sort of their intuition but understand energy and really the role that the two play together and exploring different aspects of it you know whether it's different aspects of nature to different tools such as crystals or you know pendulums there's so many different practices that we can sort of use to help sort of hone our skills on how we can become more in tune with how our energy how our body's feeling how our mind is is feeling and working. What happens when we're met with people or situations that possess negative energy? Well, I think most people can probably say that they've experienced that, right? Where like you've been in a room and you walk in and you've been in a great mood and then all of a sudden something, ha- you know, it's like the air was like sucked out of the room or you leave and you like feel like crap or um, you're in a place where there's a lot of people, you know, like you're on the subway, right? Like it's intense. Um, or it can be and it's not intense all the time but you know not that necessarily anything different is happening while you're on there but like when you we're in these like sort of containers or sort of these pockets of energy as you know we move throughout our every day we can start to take on not only the energy of that environment but also the energy of the other people and so oftentimes you know, we, all of a sudden we start noticing that like, we're not feeling so well. And it really wasn't something that like originated with us. And so, you know, that sort of goes back to how we protect our energy, right? And, and whether that's from a mindset perspective, whether that's from a really choosing who we choose to be around and when, right? Like if you're in a bad mood and like, you know, you shouldn't be going out, you might be that person that goes into that space, <laughs> you know, and, and starts projecting that negative energy. So I think once we've sort of had those experiences and thinking about how And like I said, that also goes back to sort of that listening, like, what are we noticing? What are we picking up on? What are we observing? And one of the tools I like to do is, is write those things down, like write how you're feeling at different points in the day and, and sort of then start to see, are there patterns that coming up? 
yeah. does it happen every time I'm around this person? Or does it happen every time I have this thing that I really don't want to be doing? Right. And so then that can help us start to choose, like, not that we all can like exclude those situations altogether in our life, but it definitely helps, you know, shape us for like, okay, what do I need to do before I go into this situation so that I can protect my own energy so that I can stay in a good headspace and so that I cannot take this on. And, and there are a lot of techniques that you can do. There's certain crystals that, as we talked about, the ones that protect against electromagnetic frequencies and things like that, your darker, denser stones, your less see-through ones that tend to be sort of black or gray, like smoky quartz or obsidian. Those are stones that help absorb energy. So they, if you have those around you, you know, if I'm going into a meeting, I have one of those in my pockets, just in case someone's like gonna be combative, if I know that's happened before, you know, and just yeah. allowing myself to take that moment to touch that object helps me sort of reset, right? And and so I really think crystals can be used as like cues for us to sort of have those reminders for when we need to sort of pause, check in with ourselves you know, maybe shift gears, whether it's like, oh, you know what, it's time for me to go outside and take a walk, like, I need to get some air. Um, and so those are just some ways you can use them to help you, you know, protect your energy from negative energy. Definitely. And I think what I like that you said before is that it almost takes a level of self-awareness and then ability to kind of set mental boundaries for yourself of knowing that this is my bubble, my totally. energy. And what I'm picking up for you is not permeating into totally and exactly like bubble is a technique right and creating that like impenetrable thing around yourself so if it means that when you first wake up in the morning you need to put yourself in your bubble sort of speaking so that as those things start coming at you you're like oh they're bouncing off or I'm not gonna let that sink in I'm gonna let that you know, yeah. get to me, it, you know, it is about the mindset and, and the mind frame and, and how you how you sort of choose to handle those situations as they arise. And we, you know, we have a choice, right? So we can choose to let things like that bother us, or, you know, we can let them that when you get that email that just like gets under your skin, and you're like, why can't I stop thinking about this, right? How do how do you start to dissolve that so that it isn't sort of having reverberating effects on how you feel? hundred percent. A hot topic that everyone is talking about these days, I feel like is manifestation. And I've heard that crystals can aid in, you know, the manifestation process. What, what would you say about that? So as it goes back to sort of crystals being a tool in general. So okay. it's using a tactile object as a tool to help you focus on your intentions. Okay. Um, is essentially, you know, manifestation is about owning my own intention and then essentially using the law of attraction, right, to welcome that into your life. And so you have to be really clear on that, number one. Yes, there are certain stones that support that, such as citrine, such as pyrite. Um, I like using another stone called hematite because hematite actually in a lot of natural forms is magnetic and you find it in like children's toys where they're literally are magnets. So because of that magnet, what is it doing? It's only going to attract its like thing, right? And so it's going to keep everything else away from it. So if you're thinking about manifestation, you only want to draw in the things that you're looking for. You don't want to, you know, attract the others, but 
you know, manifestation for me is as a practice is very much about, it's not the wants, it's not about the should have, would have, could have. It's not about, I like to think of it from a vantage point of what are you working towards? And so when you're trying to manifest, you don't want to use words like I want X, you know, it wants to be like, I'm working towards a life full of abundance, right? Mm -hmm. And that may seem very vague, but it's, you're honing in on the feeling and you're honing in on the experience. And then how that manifests and how that shows up is going to be based on where, where you are in the present and maybe what do you need to clear through, you know, for that to happen? Or I'm embodying a sense of serenity, right? You want to sort of use, already have ownership of it as if it already exists. And, you know, I always joke, like, it is a little like fake it till you make it, right? And, and so by that, I don't mean I want to be a millionaire. So let me live like a millionaire no matter what. And like, you know, end up like being in a ton of debt. What I ask you to explore in that example is what does a millionaire represent to you? Yeah. What is it? What is the feeling of that represent? And that's what you want to tap in. You want to tap into the energy of that, not the object, not the tangible thing. Um, and so, you know, whether it's in your meditation practice, whether it's using it in your space, seeing it. So you have that visual reminder of that thing you're manifesting. That's where crystals can be useful. I like that you said honing in on the feeling because I think feeling like we're already there allows things to come to us even faster and I don't know I was told to get selenite for manifestation just to bring like more light selenite is a great yeah no because it's a cleansing stone it's a purifying stone like it is going to be useful for that to your point of sort of lightness and energy and like working to clear out what may be preventing those things from showing up. Mm. So to your point, like that feeling is about an embodiment. And so if I'm moving through my day that I'm just the most serene, calm person, right? Then gradually that's going to start to seep into how I feel, what my experiences are and what I ultimately create from them. And so that's kind of the best way to look at how you can work manifestation into your life in a positive way and you know it's not about deadlines it's not you know like that does not work like that's not going to happen and then you know you once you start to then okay if I need to embody this like what are what are the actions that I'm going to take to start to step into the space where this is possible and that's where you start to see the shift yeah For the person who is just getting into crystals or curious about it, what would you say is like a good starter pack for what everyone should have? You know, we sort of talked a little bit about those energetic families. And I think that's a great place to start. You know, you want something for clearing, you want something for balance. So like your selenite, your clear quartz, since it's so multi-purpose is a great one. There, you can never get it too much rose quartz. That's a super (laughs) gentle stone. So it really has so many applications. Um, And then the other camp for me are the protection stones. Like what are the ones that protect against the EMF? So black tourmaline is always on my must-have um, list um, or shungite is another stone that also has yep also has those same properties so if you're talking chakras it's like opposite ends so your clearing stones are sort of top of the head crown chakra your grounding stones as you closer to the ground your root chakra 
things that sort of make you feel more connected. So if you start with those two and you've got your opposite ends covered, and then you can sort of start to explore um, the energies in between. In working with clients, have you found that the crystals that you recommended for them, you know, they go out and buy and they've felt immediate effects? Yes, absolutely. That, that they go out and buy, you know, I very early on, there was someone that was having a lot of trouble sleeping. And, you know, she told me that she, and actually it wasn't even a client. It was, it was a friend in a store that was selling our products. And she was like, every night I wake up, I live down by Wall Street next to the high rise. The lights are on 24 seven, you know, glass metal buildings. You can imagine the energy also huge building. So how many Wi-Fi's are in that building? If you think about it, how many electronic devices? And I gave her a piece of black tourmaline and I was like, put this next to your bed. And literally she never woke up at 3 a.m. again. It immediately changed. Oh my Um, God. Yeah. So, you know, you can really feel the difference, you know, and I'm not saying that everybody has that like immediate instantaneous thing, depending on what's going on. It may require, you know, you working with it or using it in your practices, but People definitely feel the shifts. People feel the shifts when <laughs> their stones have been moved to another room. Like a friend of mine texted me and she's like, apparently the housekeeper came and moved the smoky courts. And like my husband like was complaining about how he had such a bad sleep and like who moved the courts <laughs> and like what happened to it? Like it's affecting the, you know, like almost like the person that didn't even really want them there. And then all of a sudden, the second something was out of place, like immediately knew it and was like, we've got to put this back and like restore order. So it's not always that, you know, overt, but I think when you start to work with them, you start to notice the differences and the nuances. And, and, you know, then that's when you start to really see like, oh, wait, no, this is working for me right now. Like, this is what I need. Maybe this was what I was using a year ago. And like, I love that stone. This is what I need to focus on right now. And so if you are sort of listening to yourself, I think that's when you're able to sort of pick up on when you're sort of like clicking, I guess you could say with your stones. Yeah. And I know that you do interior design, but are there any, you know, just general best practices for how to design your space with crystals? Definitely when we're looking at areas of the home where there's a lot of technology, those are where you're going to want those stones that help absorb the electromagnetic frequencies. So that's probably, you know, my first rule of thumb, you know, if you're thinking about the bedroom, you want to focus on stones that have a serene energy, right? Not stones that you would put in your office that are going to help you be creative. So just sort of thinking about where you're putting them, I think is, is the first thing to think about. And then, you know, how sort of how big you want to go within that, you know, really is up to you. There's so many ways that nowadays, especially that you can incorporate things into functional items. You know, we love using dishes, you know, by your bedside, you know, you want you sleep next to your selenite. Why not have a little dish that you put right next to your bed, you know, that you put your crystals in or that you want to cleanse your jewelry when you take it off at night, put it in that bowl. Um, So you can actually use them in ways that you can make a part of sort of your rituals and your practices or your crystal face roller that you're using to help yeah. your face oil absorb into your skin those are ways they can sort of become a part of your everyday life and then from a design perspective between lighting and um, if you are you know have it in a space where you're choosing or not even like what kitchen countertops that you want to have but like 
do I want a certain stone coffee table and why? I had shared with someone the other day that my partner was looking for like a new table for her apartment and she was like obsessed with this one stone which is jasper and it has like it's a dark red and it has like a a deep energy it's very powerful it's very much about i don't want to say masculinity but it has like a strong sort of powerful energy it's about success and strength and you know so like the opposite of let's say you know something restful right um and she put it in her living room and she immediately knew it was too intense like the energy was just too strong and like immediately the space fell off you know so we she went and they had it in like a more neutral like light onyx stone so color obviously can affect the energy of spaces as well when we're looking at the colors that we use like red for a bedroom wall that you're staring at may not be the most restful um in the same way that that the energy of that red stone would you know was too intense in her sort of very neutral environment and how she felt and she swapped it for lighter and immediately felt the difference so think about how you're using color think about how you're using light um if you don't have a lot of natural light i first you know interior design 101 is like it's super cheap to add a dimmer you can do it to any light and convert it. Um, but that's going to change how you feel as you're like trying to transition, especially at home. We're trying to transition from work mode. Yeah. You know, we want to set a cue for like, okay, now it's time to transition into like evening and, and being more restful. So um, yeah. using them in functional ways, thinking about how you're using color, space, proportions, all of those things can really affect design. Definitely. I could continue talking to you about this for a very long time, but I want to conclude with either aside from crystals, what are ways that people can raise their energy? I think it's about exploring what you're doing in life and how that relates to your intentions. Mm. And are they aligned? Because I think oftentimes we realize that maybe these things aren't quite aligned and we wonder why maybe in one aspect we feel like we're like spinning our wheels right and yet something else just seems to be flowing so naturally right so i think it it's about honing in on what our intentions are and you know even if it's just a super small like micro one for the day that can help sort of provide stability and help sort of provide you know a grounding space from which to operate from you know where maybe you find you get less frazzled etc and so mm-hmm. I think there's always an opportunity to shift or change our energy if we need to we're never stuck and so whether it means I need to go outside and put my feet in some grass, whether that means I need to sit down and meditate, whether that means I need a bath, you know, sort of really honoring yourself are first and foremost, the ways in how, you know, we keep our energy sort of as high as, as possible. Oh, I love it. Well, Rashid, (laughs) thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Could you tell us where we can find you or how we can connect with you further? Yes, sure. So at thecrystalline.com, and that is T-H-E-C-R-I-S-T-A-L-L-I-N-E.com. 
that's where we have all our crystal products. Uh, you can book virtual sessions. You find out if we're having events and workshops and you can find out about our Illuminate course coming up. Mm. Um, and you can also, you know, find contact information for the Four Seasons if you're wanting to book something in person. Instagram, we're at the Crystalline with an I. And then we didn't really get into that, but you can also find me at my other company, Revital, which is re-vitl.com. And that is all about crystal infused products, products that come from nature, such as pure essential oils that help you sleep better and ultimately you know i believe when we get quality sleep it affects every aspect of our life oh, so yeah. that's just another fun way um that we've been able to incorporate crystals into you know products where you can definitely if you're talking about feeling the difference right like yeah. you feel the difference when you sleep with a product that has this blend of stone so their revital is um on instagram re.vitl and both have newsletters if you sign up obviously you'll find anything um that's going on in our world and yeah lots to share we also have a membership community that we're launching in March called the Alestial Collective. Um, it's with myself and uh, my retreat co-host, Hope McGrath, who's a life coach. And we really just wanted to create a community space where, you know, in the same way that you're sharing on your podcast, people have resources for where they can talk about these things and talk about them with like-minded people and really have a community that you can explore those ideas explore different modalities and things like that so hopefully you'll check us out there yes i am most definitely signing up for that (laughs) (laughs) um well thank you again it was so awesome talking to you thank you it was such a pleasure i hope everyone enjoys it and feel free to send any crystal questions uh, our way as they come up. <laughs> Definitely. 